Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Movie Podcast. My name is Daniel and joining me today is my good friend Shabazz. Hey Shay, how you doing? <laughs> hey buddy. I don't know what voice that was, and I retract it. I would. I, let's just start again. We'll start fresh. We'll start the intro right now. <laughs> Shay, how you doing? Hey, man. I'm doing good. How are you? I am good because we are living in a post-Spider-Man <laughs> No Way home world. Oh, they said we're living, and I'm like, yeah, well, that's always a good Also, thing we are living. We are living. Yeah. We are living in a post-Spider-Man No Way home world. What does that mean, Shay? It means, it means we've seen the light. It means that we can finally spoil everything about Spider-Man in three, two, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on now. Uh, We're not going to do that just yet, but if you want to hear our spoiler-free thoughts on Spider-Man No Way Home, you could tune in to the movie podcast feed right now and check out our spoiler-free review. We talk about for 30 minutes, tiptoeing and dancing around any type of spoilers. We use our Spidey sense and dodge it without any repercussions because we don't want to spoil anything for you, but... If you are listening to this on the day of release, which is December 17th, it means that Spider-Man No Way Home is out in the world. And you could watch it right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've watched it already on the Maybe. Thursday night show. Maybe. We may have watched it a few times already. Who knows? I don't think it's still it's processed within our minds yet, though. I, I can't wait to see it a couple more times so that I can finally understand is there an actual Spider-Man in the movie? They say on the tenth time. Uh-huh. That's really when it starts to like descend in for you. Oh, good. Yeah. So we're almost there. Uh, but as always, you can catch a brand new episode of the movie podcast every single Monday, and watch out throughout the week for review episodes and all the latest movies and series. This Monday will be our spoiler-filled extravaganza for everything Spider-Man: No Way Home. So make sure you tune in and check out that episode. It will also be our final episode of the year, or I guess our final numbered episode, because any reviews that we have will still be coming. Out out uh we'll be taking a couple of weeks off for the holidays but fret not we'll have other content and commentaries popping up for you to enjoy to pat out the time without us did you say fret not fret not i've never heard you say fret not well it, it sounded something like you would hear like in a christmas like it would it, it does you know, sound very fret not young child <laughs> hold on wait i'm sorry <laughs> What Christmas movie is this? this now? That's the one. Maybe, maybe our special guest <laughs> is that will the direct one you it. Watch? <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, this is actually uh, this is a special edition of the movie podcast because we do have a special guest joining us today. Do you know who it is, Shay? Daniel, can you tell me? Because I, I have no idea. I'm going to give you some clues. He's okay. a, he's he's from America. He's from oh, the U.S. The U.S. He is a cartoonist. Okay. He is a director. Okay. A writer. All right. And a voice actor. And okay, he worked. On a little show called okay. Gravity Falls. The one on Disney. The one on Disney. Is it Mike Rianda? I think it is Mike oh Rianda. There you go. Goodness. You nailed it, Shay. You nailed it. Oh, my goodness. Today on the Movie Podcast, we are talking to Mike Rianda. He is the writer and director for The Mitchells vs. The Machines, which is one of our favorite movies of the year. Also, probably the perfect family movie. In a year where we had to rely so much on technology, I think this is a really fun movie to dive 100%. into. 100%. So we're super lucky to get uh, him on the show, and we're so thankful to our friends at Sony for letting him join us and our friends at Taro for arranging all of this for us. So thank you so much to everyone involved in making this happen. Uh, let's jump right into our interview with Mike Rianda. So Mike, thank you again so much for taking the time to talk with us at the Movie Podcast. Uh, we absolutely loved the Mitchells versus the Machines, and we were so oh, so happy to see it get nominated for Critics' Choice this week. Hey, us too. <laughs> we'll take what we can get, and that sounds great. Uh, I mean, it's been a big week for you guys with that and the Blu-ray release. So, thank you for being here. Oh, thank yeah, of course. 
And the Blu-ray itself is like a dream come true for film lovers like Katie and for us. Now, the movie already has so much heart and soul crafted in it that it feels like an extension of that is what is on Katie's linear notes and drawings. So why was it so important for you to make the Blu-ray so special? Oh, yeah. No. Hey, great question. I love it. I love framing it that way. Um, No, it is. I mean, because it's like we love physical media you know what i mean like i have so many dvds and blu-rays and everything and those they're my favorite little objects you know what i mean and and it's so sad you know every once in a while you can't find something on blu-ray and then it only exists on your computer and then you're like where is that in itunes or uh, google play you know or whatever and you're just like you're and you're like "Ah, i wish i could just have it you know um and it's sitting on your shelf and it looks great, you know. Um, so, so you know, sort of as film fans ourselves, you know, I learned so much about film from watching audio commentaries and, and, and just like getting into the special features of like the Incredibles DVD or something when I was a kid. So it was like we I just, you know, and that also is like the spirit of the movie itself. It's like, how can we give the audience as much as we could possibly give, you know, um, it's sort of like our theory that if we make everything just like radiating with love, then it will like shoot off the screen into people's hearts. <laughs> um, so we want to do that with the Blu-ray too. And the other great thing about the Blu-ray is that we were working on this thing for six years, um, which is embarrassing to say out loud, but I keep doing it. Um, but the great thing about that is like, we have many versions of the movie that never saw the light of day that were all kind of fun. You know what I mean? Like um, the, the, the one that came out is by far the best version that ever existed. But, um, uh, but I will say there's like dozens and of scenes that uh, we love where there's like, there's like in, in, in the special features, you'll find uh, this Australian robot um, who's like, good eye, mate. It's me, the Australian robot. And everyone's like, this isn't you, Zebulon. This is just, you're embarrassing yourself. Um, and it like that cracked us up. And and at one point, Mark uh, Bowman, the founder of um, uh, Palabs, who used to be called Mark Zuckercorn, oh man, thing, um, uh, had a had this like disapproving father named Ron. And that stuff is really funny. And Eric Andre did a great job with it, but it just didn't work in the story. So I'm glad that stuff has a second chance at life, you know? Um, so uh, I'm, I'm excited about all the stuff and I'm excited for everyone to see it. I love that you said that it radiates love because that's, that's so much what this movie is just with Katie's, just the animations and everything. You feel that throughout the entirety of the movie and now on the Blu-ray, right. um, you know, this movie is all about family and, and we love that you credited uh, the weird humans that made this movie first and included yeah. their family photos. Uh, can you talk more about your decision to include that? And were there any photos that did not make the cut in the credits that you just <laughs> can include? Um, yeah, no, I mean, we, uh, uh, I mean, I have so much gratitude towards like the whole crew from Jeff Rowe who co-wrote it and co-directed it to the person who lit one shot, you know, like without those people, the script is, you know, the movie is just a script on a page that nobody cares about. But with all these artists, it's now like a movie that people love, you know, some people, some people hate it. Um, <laughs> but, You're wrong. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but no, so, so the, um, so it's like, uh, I, I'm, I'm just so proud of all those people. And it's like, it would be a tragedy to me if some, because sometimes, you know, people's names are like squeezed to the side as there's some little, you know, bonus scene. And I'm, I'm a lover of bonus scenes, but also like, how could you 
just nudge aside these people who like made your movie, you know, right. like uh, it seems like it seems so harsh. Like Alan Hawkins, the head of character animation, like I want his name in like shining lights with a picture of him. And, you know, cause he, he, without him, you know, the movie would have looked bad and not, you know, and, and not <laughs> had as much life to it. And he put so much love into it, you know, and just, he's one of hundreds. Um, so that, that was sort of the decision is just like, how do we like honor the crew? Um, and if we do, I'm sort of, like, <laughs> I'm currently scheming to make this giant banner. So if, because because we, we got invited to the Curtis Choice Awards, it was very nice. And I'm we're going to have like a banner with every crew member's face on it. <laughs> um, hopefully. Um, so we That's can like awesome. wave it as we, <laughs> if, we're, if we're lucky enough to be on camera. I love that. Uh, you guys were working on this movie for six years. Uh, last year, we're in the, and still this year, we're in the midst of a pandemic. What was it like working and finishing this film during everything? Um, it actually, shockingly, was pretty smooth. Um, uh, and I would say, you know, it's just like, it's sort of like, it really reminded us of the themes of the movie because it's sort of like, you can't, say technology is evil in a world where that's the only way you could talk to your mom, you right. know, or, or that's the only way we could make this movie and stay connected to each other. Um, so, uh, so it was really just sort of like, it, it really helped us remember what is great about technology. Um, and then, you know, and, and, and just in terms of actually like the nuts and bolts of making it, it was very similar. Like it, it, it wasn't like they had, everyone had a computer within like four days or something and they were just like i was like oh they're just going this is great you know and it sucks it sucks not being in an office and like because you bump into people in the hall and they're right. like whoa look at this you know artist i found and it's like hey show that to bill you know and like bill gets fired up and then he makes something you know so you miss out on a little bit of that but um but i think i would just we're just so grateful that we're able to finish so right um, that was yeah. that was sort of the overall feeling that's true that's true now phil lord and chris Miller, they're producers on the film and they've got a very distinct style of comedy that we absolutely love here on the show yeah now what was it like working with them to bring this project to life oh my god it was it was literally i like you love the work of chris miller and phil lord. <laughs> um you know it's like our uh, me and um uh, alex hirsch who is the guy who made gravity falls we would talk about we're like those guys had uh, a, a cult show that was better than it had any right to be. And we uh -huh. have a cult show. I mean, come on, they, they, you know, we gotta, we gotta follow their footsteps. So it was like, it was like magical that they even wanted to be involved in the movie. And they were like, they asked like very nicely, like, can we produce on the movie? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. What do you mean? You got time. Um, you know, uh, and then working with them was really wonderful. Cause I, you know, the interesting thing about those guys, and, and I don't think it's something that you would know from watching the movies, because the movies seem like effortlessly fun and delightful. And it's not effortless. It's very effortful. You know, like, it's like we did 50 versions of every scene and then compared them against each other. And it's like, well, this part has this part that we like, and this part has this part that we like, and we're going to stick them together. That doesn't work. Uh, what if we try a whole different take? And, you know, like, oh, and that has great parts in it, but you know what? We missed the, the one from four versions ago, you know, and you just end up like, it's like this process of evolution making that stuff. And, uh -huh. and it's really fun working with those guys. Cause they're so, they're so exactly who you want them to be. They're like, a ton of fun in the room. 
super encouraging, you know, like, oh, that's great. Like, let's try this instead, you know, like, hey, let's try these five jokes to sort of see if we could top that old one. Ah, the old one's better. Oh, but this new idea is funny. So, um, so it's a lot of that. It's like a lot of like, you know, us working together because initially we started the movie before they, you know, we were working on it for years before they showed up. But then once they were there, it was really nice because we were able to sort of like bounce stuff off them. And it was really like going to grad school or something, you know, because they they just also just came off making Spider-Verse, which is like one of the greatest animated movies of all time. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so it was like it was very cool to just like, you know, have somebody fresh off that experience um, sort of helping us navigate our movie and trying to make it better. That's amazing. Um Katie has like one of my favorite lines in the movie where she's saying that movies were always there for her. Um, uh-huh. What movies were always there for you? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, the one I think of is there's a couple, but um, at Bo- the uh, movie Bottle Rocket, Wes Anderson's first movie. I, at, when I was a teenager, watched like 40 nights in a row during some summer. Oh my God. Like I just got obsessed with it. And I was like, what is happening with this movie i can't stop watching it and and i I told mark mothersbaugh who did the music to it and who did the music on our movie he's like why would you do that that's (laughs) (laughs) and i was like it's a great movie mark um uh and then also um uh magnolia was like i just like that was like the i was just so blown away that it was so masterfully made but it didn't give a shit about the rules you know what i mean it was just like it was like, yeah, we're gonna have people singing and there's frogs falling in the sky and there's a 40 minute prologue and three different styles and who cares, you know, but it was so like compelling. Um, and it just sort of like, that was like sort of a movie that really opened me up to like the idea that movies could be that ambitious and wild. Um, and those are the movies that, those are all the movies that we love. Those like movies by people who it's like their early movie and they're just like, I'm going to put every idea possible into this movie. So we 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 did that. Too. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's the thing you definitely see in, in a lot of our, like directors early work. Like this is like the movie they've been waiting to make their whole life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that, totally. that, that definitely comes through. Good. Good. Yeah, that, that, it is the movie we've been waiting to make our whole life. <laughs> now we're like a bunch of film students that like hijack. <laughs> <laughs> budget no it's <laughs> good <laughs> now mike i'm sure there's no interview that's gone by without anyone actually asking you about the, the mall sequence you know this giant oh, yeah, furby sure. army it's the hardest we've ever laughed i, I, oh, I i'm still laughing from it actually <laughs> now, how did it all come together and i know i know you voiced the giant furby as well so like I what did. dark power did you channel to <laughs> to get that voice out <laughs> um, I, if it didn't blow the ear, uh, the eardrums out of your uh, uh, wonderful podcast audience, I would give you a sample. But um, uh, no, I mean it. It like, I mean, basically, we were just coming. At, we came at it in the same way that I think we came at a lot of the things, which is like two things. One is like, how can we make this specific and real? Um, so even though it's not real that there would be like tons of Furbies in a toy store, Furby is like a really specific weird thing. Yeah. And we were trying to think of the things that if, if technology came to life would be the weirdest or scariest. And the, the image that sort of we came up with is like, I don't know if you've ever seen the inside of a Furby, but it's a nightmare. It's like, oh, it's no. like, it's like, it's like, if you melt a Furby, 
it's like got like this exoskeleton, like, like it's the <laughs> yeah. scariest thing in the world. And we weren't allowed to have the Furby's face melt off and reveal Aww. that. Um, but they let us do a lot. Um, so God love you, Hasbro. Um, <laughs> but um, but they also, um, but yeah, so it was just, and, and it was also just trying to uh, do things that made us laugh. Because that made us laugh so hard. Like that was like the best writing day we ever had. Like we were just like crying, laughing. And, you know, I, I do think sometimes when people make stuff for kids, they're like, well, that's what I would like. But what would a child like? Uh, maybe a farting bear, you know, or something. And it's just like, that's a bummer. Like, make right. yourself laugh. Kids are smart little people. You know, they just sort of don't know about, you know, taxes or something. Like, <laughs> they can handle jokes that you think are funny. Right. Um, and the best experiences I've had watching movies are like ones where I'm laughing and my parents are laughing and we're like referencing jokes together after the movie is over and stuff. So. That's kind of what we were trying to do on this one. Now, another voice that you did on, on, in the movie was also Aaron. Where, um, did, where did you get that voice from? Was that just you, um, like, as a kid? I have a real, there is a real inspiration for it. Nobody's actually asked this before. Um, and I am, like, embarrassed about it. It's the thing I'm sort of least proud about in the movie. Because people are like, he sounds like an adult. Um, but uh, but um, he is based entirely on um, uh, an impression of Matt Brawley. Um, who is a uh, cartoonist who worked on Gravity Falls and, and made the show Amphibia. Um, and he's this really sweet guy and he kind of talks like this. Um, so I just sort of like <laughs> took that voice and sort of like pushed it as far as I could into child, you know, because it's because Matt is like this really sweet, big hearted um, guy who's like a little sassy. Um, and, and sort of that's like what felt right for that character. Weirdly. Right. Um, you know, and it's like, and it, you sort of like, I would do the voice in the scratch and I was hoping that we could get some wonderful actor or actress to beat it. Um, and it was, the weird thing was it like, it kept magnetizing to the screen and audiences liked it. And they would sort of, it for as, for as great as the other performers we got were, it sort of just didn't work as well. Oddly. My theory is that because I am a, uh, younger sibling of two uh, siblings that are like 10 years older than me. And I experienced them both going to college. And I was like, well, when is Corey coming home? And they're like, she's not. I'm like, ah! So I have like that pain is fresh in my, in my soul. <laughs> That's awesome. It's good. I, I love it. I think, I think you definitely hear just that, that pain in your voice throughout the entire entire film. <laughs> it's true. I, I I have the I have the pain. I can access it easily. <laughs> that that trauma was oh, there. That's great. Um, uh, I want to say thank you for including Toronto during the Wi-Fi outage scene. Uh, as nice as Canadians are, I think that's pretty accurate to how we would react. There. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was it always Toronto, yeah. or was it something that it was region specific for the release of the movie? No, it was. Um... You know, I think it would, it, it, um, I think we're just sort of trying to find places that we could, honestly, it was like kind of, we're like, how can we go far around the world? But then also, how can we have a place that, and this is like kind of revealing the process a little bit, <laughs> like at that point in the schedule, we, they were like, look, you can have the the uh, Eiffel Tower because it's in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and we still have those assets. You know, we could do a matte painting for the Taj Mahal 
but you got to figure out something for this third place. And I was like, well, I don't know. Canada looks like that. That's specific. You never see Canada in movies. Um, so we tried to sort of like make it a little bit more specifically about Toronto and we put the tower in the back and stuff. Um, but, um, but yeah, so that was, that was, and also the other thing is like, we just have, we also have a ton of, uh, half of the artists that worked on the movie live in, uh, not Toronto, but uh, Canada, they live in Vancouver. Um, so it's also like, I think the Canadians on the team were like, right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> no, you for it was, that. It was, Thank you. It was definitely awesome to see. It's, it's always so cool. We're like, yeah, we know that. It was like, I, 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 it blew my mind. And, you know, speaking of just the movies that we're watching right now, is there anything that you're watching? Is there anything that you recommend people to watch? Oh right yeah, now? absolutely. I, I, I'm sort of uh, really luckily because, you know, in the, for the, for years, I've been in some workaholic haze during the end of the year. So people are always like, here's my top 10 list. I'm always like, I haven't seen any of these movies. Um, <laughs> but this year I'm like a film critic. I'm like going to like three movies a day because like, I don't, you know, I'm not as busy. Um, so here's some movies that I love. I love Come On, Come On. That's like my top number one movie with a bullet. It's like, I just, the acting in that is so right. And, you know, some people don't like it because they're like, ah, eh, nothing happens in it. But I'm like, give me three more hours of nothing if that if this is nothing. If that's what it is, um, yeah. Uh, I really love that. And the performers are really great. And you think the kid is like some, you know, that they found on the street or he's somebody's nephew and he's like this classic, classically trained British actor. He's like, <laughs> hello, uh, how, how are you today? But in the movie, he's sort of like, you just think he's like, what did they find this kid on the street? Um, also, drive, I thought Drive My Car was really great. Um, I love licorice pizza. Oh, so yeah. good. And well, and also I would just sort of say to anyone who's on the bubble about drive my car, it's like, look, it is three hours, guys, guys, it's three hours, but it's really great. It passes by and like it feels like an hour. Yeah. Um, like it 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 feels like nothing, and it's a really great drama in sort of the traditional sense of the word, where you really like invested in all the characters and stuff like that um and licorice beats is just so delightful um it's it's like the most fun you'll have watching a movie this year yeah licorice we love for licorice sure pizza here we loved it yeah yeah are you gonna um, go see spider-man yeah man sure i'm i'm actually very in a minor way working on spider-verse 2 awesome. right now so it's like uh, i gotta go for research well yeah. it was it was really good and you can listen to our review about it as well <laughs> great yeah i'm i'm excited are you um i know like because you gave a little tease of that you, you're involved a little bit with spider-verse are there any other mm -hmm. projects that you could talk about that you're working on yeah actually i you know i've never said anything but it's not like i signed an nda or something um my uh co-writer and co-director jeff rowe is working on the teenage mutant ninja turtles movie oh nice the um, seth rogan really, uh yeah, yeah yeah with seth rogan and it's really great um uh and sort of i did some script you know you know, I helped out for like a couple weeks. Um, and, and that it was really fun. And I think that movie is going to be really great. Um, um, working a little bit on Spider-Verse 2. I'm just kind of bopping around. Um, uh, there's not nothing. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of just enjoying not having, uh, the crushing weight of a movie. Sure. <laughs> no, that's totally fair. Totally fair. Um, uh, so watching movies, doing, doing that kind of stuff, but it's, it's fun. It's, it's really fun to work on other people's stuff because you, it's a lot, you're so much freer, you know, you're like, you're like, Oh, what, what about this idea? And what about this idea? <laughs> I'm yeah. having fun, <laughs> you know? And when, 
when you're the boss, you're like, yeah, um, that's a great idea, but uh, I don't know if it's going to work in Act 3. Uh, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> um, it's just like, it's 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 funny that these cartoons are, I, I, I at some point wanted, speaking of things I want to do, I want to do like some Boogie Nights style movie about cartoonists or something, because it's like, cartoonists are so intense and crazy, but it's like, the thing they're making is like, Goofy the dog, but, you know, <laughs> the talking cow and they're like if flippers the talking cow's nose isn't red i'm gonna lose my mind you want to make it blue you're an idiot you know like get like behind the scenes conversations at a cartoon studio people screaming at each oh other my god that's i love it I, I hope you get to make that movie i would 100 watch that movie day one we would watch hey, it day one all right check uh, it out in Mike, eight years, <laughs> Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. We oh, want to be respectful of your time too. Uh, we love this movie. We think it's it's the perfect family movie, and it's just it's the perfect movie, really, in general. Uh, oh, and we're, and we're so excited for fans to check out the Blu-ray, obviously, and just kind of get lost in the bonus features and the liner notes and everything. So, uh, thank you so much again for your time, and we hope you have a great holiday and break and enjoy your three movies a day. Yeah, no, thank you. And also remember, we got three hours of bonus features on this thing. You're gonna, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love this Blu-ray. Um, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, thanks, guys. Thank really you, Mike. We hope to have you back Mike. again. All right, see you anytime. So Shay, how do you feel about Furbies? Look, I'll be honest. Growing up in the '90s, Furbies were a big thing. And did I have one? No. But did I get one from McDonald's? Yes, I did. So I never had. A real Furby. I Same. only ever had the ones from McDonald's, 100%. and I would like clip them on my winter coat. Oh, and I would be the Furby man. Was that your nickname? That's what I was teased school? with. I didn't want to tell Mike but while you, we were recording, but you brought it up on yourself. I did, but I, I didn't want to tell the the guy we were interviewing. Hey, they used to call me the Furby man. But okay, here's the thing. <laughs> if I can give you something positive, yeah, they called you Furby man, not Furby boy. That would be worse. Yeah. That would be worse. Yeah. Furby man's like, oh, there's some respect there. Yeah. Oh, but you're the Furby you're man. insulting me. <laughs> calling me. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm a child. <laughs> but also, you did clip them on yourselves. I'd probably say the same thing to you, too. I literally, any any zipper I had on my coat, I would yeah. like, I, I'm thinking back to this now. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Did you weigh yourself down a lot? I did. <laughs> like, like <walking laughs> No, but I mean, if somebody ever tossed me into the Lake Ontario or anything, <laughs> the Furbies would make me float you'd so be a flotation device they would be a flotation device yeah. they were not legally allowed to say they would yeah but they did people knew you were coming down the hall because they just hear your furbies clanking yeah i mean i think you know i think it was like a mix of my eyebrows and then their eyelashes and big eyes that they're like he's one of us <laughs> <laughs> they, they embraced me into their he's us, brother. <laughs> Mike was a great guy. I'm he so happy we had him on the show. Such a cool guy to talk to. Really had a great time with him. I mean, The Mitchells vs. the Machines is one of our favorite films of the year. I'm so excited to... It's crazy to believe it was the beginning of this year, too. It was, and that's that's what I was literally about to say. I'm like, I'm so excited to, uh, to for fans to revisit it after all this time because it dropped in April. Yeah. And now we're here talking about the Blu-ray release. And I, just on the Blu-ray release, it's so nice to see a movie that was released on Netflix get a proper official release because it mm -hmm. doesn't always happen mm -hmm. and it's always nice to put that respect on it and especially with a movie that is so in love with movies you got to respect the movie yeah how many more times could i say movie 
One more time. One more time. Speaking of movies, this is the Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to our special episode featuring the writer and director uh, of The Mitchells vs. Machine, Mike Rianda. Uh, like I said at the top of the show, we have our Spider-Man No Way Home review out right now, as, as well as tons more reviews you can listen to on the Movie Podcast feed. We will be releasing our review for The Matrix Resurrections. Uh, we'll have Next week, we'll be talking about Always Sunny, and we'll also be talking about... What's that show? Hawkeye, of course. Hawkeye. So look forward to Monday's episode. We're going to be covering everything. We really wanted to give you guys time to take in our Spider-Man episode and just kind of let that do its thing. It's been a, December's been crazy. Yeah. So we're so excited to, you know, to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but also just reflect on an incredible year on the movie podcast. So mm. we're going to be talking a lot more on Monday's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Letterboxd at the movie podcast leave us a review on apple podcast join our discord because we will be talking about spider-man no way home spoilers and a very special spoiler room so if you watch it this weekend join us on discord when we'll be talking about it and don't forget to write into the show at hello at the movie that was this time with the movie podcast and we'll see you next <laughs> <laughs>